Hey guys, welcome everyone. Welcome to episode 30. This is a bit of a milestone. I mean, I don't think 30 is like, you know, necessarily, I feel like 50 or 100 is bigger, but 30 is very exciting for me. Um, so let's just have a Negroni to celebrate. You know, I'll never turn down an opportunity to celebrate with a Negroni in particular. So let's all do that. Let's all just virtually celebrate with a Negroni. If you're listening to this on a Sunday morning, you are not exempt from that. Go and order yourself a fucking Negroni. Anyway, this episode I'm pretty excited about. Like every episode, I'm always so excited. I'm excited about everything, but it's self-worth. Title of the episode, the limit of your self-worth lies in how you let other people treat you. I'm going to go in depth with all of that. I'm going to go into depth of like how to pinpoint, how to look for these warning signs of like, if I'm letting that person do that, maybe that's why I'm feeling this way. If I'm letting this happen to me, maybe that's why I'm feeling this way. If I'm letting this person treat me like this in one relationship, if I don't rectify that after that ends, you might see a pattern with the people that you're dating. You know, like you might have, like I've got some incredible girlfriends who always slip into these really toxic relationships again and again and again and if you find that you know it's this common theme it doesn't necessarily mean that you're the toxic person but it could mean that you just don't value yourself enough so the people that you end up dating treat you that way they treat you as much as you're going to value yourself and that's why it's quite easy to slip from toxic relationship into toxic toxic relationship again and again and again so I'll be talking about all of that But before we get into it, let's go into my week. Um, I finished uni this week. Not, I mean, I'd be way more excited if I finished it forever. I finished just for the year. Um, I had my final presentation. It was an oral presentation. I'm actually going to go into, for my brain facts that's coming up now, I'm going to be talking about what the presentation was about because it's really interesting and it's on kind of stem cell therapies on the brain. I'll be talking about that in just a second. But yeah, so I finished uni. I have three subjects left. Uni doesn't start again. So semester one next year is not going to start until the start of March next year. Um, I'm going to try my best to do the three subjects. Semester one next year, which would mean that I would be able to graduate mid next year, which would be amazing. But I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself in the sense that I'm actually quite slash very content with where I'm at with my life. I feel that I've just have a really good thing going with the podcast, with my online stuff, with everything that's happening, with the book and everything. So I'm not going to make myself, I'm not going to say to myself, you know, you have to do this, you have to do this. I'm all for setting goals and I'm all for setting deadlines. But at the same time, a balanced life is huge and so is your mental health. So I'm going to aim to do the three If by the census date, so for those of you that the census date is basically the cutoff where you don't get a a financial penalty if you drop a subject, I think that's like about a month into the course. Um, If by the census date I'm finding that the three subjects plus the podcast plus everything is a bit too much, then I will maybe drop down to two. But I'm going to aim to do the three and I'm going to see how I go. And ideally it would be great to get them all done, but 
like I was talking about in another podcast, you've got to look at what you can control and what you can't control. So right now for where I'm standing, I can't control how intense those three subjects are going to be. If they're too intense, I've got to look at what I can control and that's dropping one so I have a good balance and I can keep the podcast going, if that makes sense. Because one thing I don't want to drop to the wayside is the podcast. And I know for a fact that if I'm under the pump, the podcast will suffer, which I don't want. So anyway, that's my kind of thought process around that. Um, and I'm also, I'll announce it properly when it's all official, but I'm in the process of signing with this really, really, really cool management company, um, which is going to help a lot also with, with everything with, you know, brands that I work with for the podcast as well with sponsorships for the podcast, which is just going to help propel that even further. You know, my dream is to be doing two episodes a week. So having a management company like that would really help streamline my life you know, help me be a bit more organized. Like I feel that I'm relatively organized, but there's certain things where I can definitely start making some improvements and this will be a very exciting step for me. So I'll definitely go into more detail about that as well um, as that starts to unfold. And then of course, there's another thing that I posted on my Instagram this week. Everyone and their dog has been DMing me about it. Love you guys so much for being invested in my life. I actually find it very flattering and endearing. Um, But I posted the other day, I posted a photo of myself and my, yes, new boyfriend, Tyrone. Um, It's very, very, very fresh and new. And we were both out for dinner. I posted this photo and it went gangbusters, this photo. And I had so many people messaging me, which was lovely. So yeah, I spoke about like weeks ago with the Live podcast, I spoke about a date that I was going on Anyway, needless to say, so many comments were like, the date clearly went well. Yes, it went very, very well. Um, I'm not going to go into detail just because um, this podcast is not about my private relationships, but he's a beautiful, beautiful soul and it's going very well and I'm very happy with it. That's all I'm going to say. So exciting times. And yes, I have a boyfriend. Finally, you guys are on this journey with me. I yeah have a boyfriend after years and after years of not even going on a date. So big It's a big deal for Alexis. So obviously he's a legend. Um, Anyway, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. So the brain, let's get into brain facts. So I want to talk about kind of what's happening in the field of stem cell therapies on the brain. So if you guys know much about stem cells, basically a stem cell is a cell that is at like the early, early stages of of its life because often when a cell starts out it then divides and divides and divides and starts to get specific on what that cell is going to become so it could become skin it could become a blood vessel muscle tissue a neuron there's all these different things that a cell can differentiate into so science has gone a really long way with stem cell therapies for the body as far as organs and joints and muscles and all of that but when it comes to stem cell therapies for the brain, there's still quite a lot that we need to work on as scientists in order or just not just scientists, but fucking everyone. It's not just science. You know, you know, you need funding, you need, you know, yeah, as, as a society, we need to work on improving how these stem cells are going to be delivered into the brain. Are they going to be safe? Are they going to be effective? Because it's, a, as you can imagine, it's a lot more complicated having stem cells put into the brain than it would be to be put into a different part of the body. Because keeping in mind, if you're going to do something that might be detrimental to the brain, that's the house of your personality. It's the house of everything. 
Um, and if you cause, you know, infection or disease or another lesion or whatever, then it's potentially game over. So when you look at therapies for the brain, it's very, very tedious and complicated. But something I did want to explain to you is about something called, and this was discovered in, I think, 2012, I want to say, um, and it's called induced pluripotent stem cells. Now, these stem cells are really exciting because normally stem cells are derived from like an um, umbilical cord. It's an embryonic stem cell. And the reason why they like to get stem cells from the umbilical cord, so that's like donor. It's donated, you know, when a baby is born, they can donate the umbilical cord for stem cell therapies. Um, it's because it is in that state where the cell can differentiate into all these different kinds of cells within the body. That's why they like to get embryonic stem cells. Now, the exciting thing about this new kind of stem cell called induced pluripotent stem cells, and this was discovered by this very, very amazing scientist called Shinya Yamanaka. Well, it actually it came out of his lab. He spearheaded the team. So you've got to understand when a st- scientist discovers something, it's them plus a very integral team. They, they don't just do it alone. So he was like the, the head of the team at his lab, and they discovered that – they could, through this whole process I'm not going to get into, but basically you could grab a skin cell from, you know, skin or blood cells from a person and you can reprogram those cells back to an embryonic-like state. And it's called a pluripotent state. So basically it's, its potential is, is like multiple different avenues that that cell could go down. So it's this idea that you can reprogram a cell, even if the cell has gone all the way to become skin, you can then take a piece of skin from that person and then reprogram those cells all the way back to that embryonic-like state. And then you could then potentially inject it into the patient's brain if they've got like um, cell loss in the brain and things like that. So it's huge for science, this induced pluripotent stem cells. That's pretty much what my Um, presentation was about talking about how these stem cells could then be used in degenerative diseases. Basically, everything at the moment that's happening with these diseases, sorry, not diseases, with these studies are in rat models and mouse models, a few other animals, but most of them are rat and mouse models. But there's just a big issue with translating those studies over to then human studies because obviously our bodies are quite different to rats and mice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, really exciting because when you have a degenerative disease, whether it's like Alzheimer's disease, where you're losing all these neurons in your hippocampus, which is where memory is formed, um, versus maybe Parkinson's disease where you're using, losing a lot of the cells that produce dopamine and dopamine is crucial for movement. Anything motor in the body, you need dopamine. And if you're losing the cells that produce dopamine, then that's why you see that movement either excessive movement or not enough movement in Parkinson's disease with, you know, shaking and all of that. So if they were able to put these stem cells into the specific areas of the brain, then those cells would then start to grow new cells and they increase the, like like they encourage the action of neurotrophins. And neurotrophins are a family of proteins that promote the survival, development and function of neurons they're belonging to a class it's called growth factors and these growth factors pretty much encourage cell growth and synaptic growth and synapsis is basically the connection between a neuron and another neuron like that action that occurs between two cells so without going too much more science into that that's pretty much what I was speaking about but also I'm very very into that whole stem cell treatment and where it's headed at the moment there's a lot of 
clinical trials underway, but we don't have any hard, hard, hard evidence that something, you know, definitely works and also is safe. So at the moment, they're not really um, rolling out any of these for the brain. There's a lot of stem cell therapies for the rest of the body, but at the moment, we've got nothing concrete for the brain. Anyway, that's the science side of things for today. I fucking love these science sections. If you don't love them, then you just have to fast forward because I ain't stopping. Anyway, let's get into today's podcast episode, which is about self-worth. Now, again, as usual, I'm going to do a little bit of a disclaimer. You know me, can't, can't stare away from that. But for everything that I say in this episode, I also want you to hold that mirror back up to yourself and look at your own behavior. Because everything you seek to understand about other people, you should be seeking to understand about yourself. It's very easy to point your finger at someone and say, you were toxic or what you said was mean or that was not cool or you need to grow up or you need to do those things. But it's really difficult to turn it around and look at your own behavior and admit that you might be playing a role in that as well. So I just want you, and you don't have to share it with anyone else, this might just be a humbling experience for yourself, but every time you can acknowledge this, anything that I'm talking about here and in any previous podcast, if you can acknowledge this in other people, just quickly hold the mirror back up to yourself and say, am I doing this toxic behavior? Have I treated someone like that? Have I taken advantage of someone because they're weak and I knew I could? You have to ask yourself those things because you might think, oh, well, all these people have treated me this way and then try and do all this groundwork to get people to treat you better. But at the end of the day, if you're an asshole... The only person that can cure that is yourself. There's no medication. There's no magic pill. You have to look back at yourself and think, are people being mean to me because I'm a wanker? Because that's a possibility. So I'm hoping you're not and that's great, but it's always good to just check yourself before you wreck yourself, essentially. Always make sure that you are aware that relationships are a two-way street and if you're expecting more from people, great, but expect more from yourself as well. Cool. Now, I'm just going to break down the episode into kind of two parts. The first part is kind of looking at self-respect, self-love, all of that and why things are happening and how to seek it out and all of that. And then the next part of the podcast is going to be on kind of actions you can take or tools on how to start to change how you value yourself and your self-worth, self-respect and all of that. Uh, because I genuinely believe that you cannot have self-love without self-respect or self-worth. It's just not possible. You can't truly love someone if you don't respect them or if you don't value them. If you don't value something in your life, how can you love it? It's of no value to you, right? So that goes for you. So instead of thinking, I just want to love myself, pause. That's the goal, yes, and we're going to get there. But do you respect yourself? Do you? Do you, have, do you value yourself? Do you have self-worth? And a really good way of looking at that is how do you let other people treat you? Because there's your answer. If you valued yourself properly, how you should be valued, I can guarantee you right now, you would not let anybody walk all over you. You wouldn't let anyone treat you like shit. It just would not happen. They did it once and they never get the chance again. But if you're allowing people to treat you like shit, that's where the issue currently lies in your inability to love yourself because you're not focusing on the step that comes just before that, which is respect, which is valuing yourself, feeling worthy, okay? So we're going to take a really, really good look at how you are letting other people treat you. And when I talk about letting other people treat you, 
I understand that you can't control how someone treats you from the get-go. But you can, to an extent, control how someone continues to treat you. There's certain things that you can put in place. There's certain um, barriers that you can put in between yourself and someone that's not treating you well. And there's also certain things that you can do to remove yourself from a relationship. You know, you have to manage your expectations on people. And if someone's not treating you right, but you're like, oh, but they're in my friendship group, find a better friendship group. If you're in a friendship group where someone, one person is treating you like shit and the rest of them are sitting around being silent, they can all get fucked. Fuck off and be gone. You're better off sitting on your bed, eating Nutella, watching Netflix. Because I've got many people that DM me, many people of you guys that say to me, oh, I've just got this friendship group and there's just this one girl and she's, she bullies me. You know, like she's really mean to me um, and it's just awkward with the friends. No one really says anything, but I know my other friends, like they're really tight with me, but they just like her. That means that the bully is toxic and every other silent motherfucker who's not taking action to defend you because you might not feel that you're in a position where you can defend yourself, they are all toxic. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what answer or reason you give me. If someone is allowing their friend to bully their other friend, toxic toxic and that is your cue to leave okay so that's what we're going to be talking about today so the first thing I want to talk about is we're talking about raising your standards so when you raise your standards on what is acceptable people are going to mirror that you know and I'll, I'll give you an example yet again of my own life I always grew up with a very, I'm very fortunate that I've had a very loving, supportive family. So I always had kind of, I always held a standard of how I wanted to be treated. I was kind of, without them specifically telling me that you kind of, you know, if you, if you grow up feeling very loved and you grow up around people that aren't toxic, it just kind of happens that way. But then I dated someone that was really quite awful and I wasn't prepared for it. And I hadn't really, and I was younger and I hadn't really prepped myself for this. So through a process of, you know, psychological manipulation and emotional manipulation, by the time I got out of that first toxic relationship and I would be 19 at the time, I felt the most insecure I've ever felt in my life. My standards had been dropped. And that's a very, very, very vulnerable place to be in. If you start letting someone treat you a certain way and you stay in that relationship, which is what I did, and you've got to keep in mind that it's, it's very normal to stay in that relationship because once your standards have dropped then of course it makes sense to stay because in your head you think I'm not worthy of someone better so this is this is you know um, a very very good manipulation tool that these uh, abusers will use because they understand that if they can crack you even by the time you turn around and acknowledge that it's toxic you've been so cut down that even though you know they're toxic you still think they're the best option for you. You still feel like you're punching, okay? So when I finally got out of that toxic relationship, my self-esteem was absolutely rocked, like rocked. And I was very confident as a teenager. I had a lot of friends, very social. So then you kind of have to go into this rebuilding phase. If you jump straight into another relationship, it's literally a lottery, you know? You want to hope that you've jumped into a healthy relationship because if you haven't done that, that rebuilding work, where you now have experienced the bad, you now know what you don't want, you now understand what they did and how you now need to regroup and raise your standards for what you think is acceptable and you're not going to accept that anymore. If you don't do that, 
then you're going to hope that the next relationship you jump into out of pure chance, you're going to be dating a really nice, good person that treats you well because you should be treated well. But if you then happen to slip into a relationship with someone who's toxic and they see these cracks in you that have already been formed by the last toxic relationship, then boom, it's easy for them and boom, you're back into that toxic relationship and are you going to leave? Fuck no, because you've not raised your standards and you're telling yourself deep down, this is the limit of my self-worth. What that, how that person is treating me, if I'm staying in this relationship, it's how I, I treat myself in my head. And it's true because I've never been more self-critical than when I've dated someone who's toxic. Never. When I date someone who's toxic, when I have dated someone who's toxic, I've been so hard on myself about shit, about my appearance, about how I've dressed, about I don't feel as comfortable in my own skin. And when I'm out, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells and all that shit. And that's because I lowered my standards of my, of my worth. And people can do that, especially if you haven't built the foundations. The good thing about this is that if you do all the groundwork and that I'm going to be talking about on this episode, that if you do all this groundwork, then people won't have the opportunity to crack you in the first place because you see them coming a mile away and you can be like, ah, stop, no thank you, next, goodbye. Keep walking, jog on, motherfucker. Now another really important thing that you need to do is don't allow different levels of treatment for different people this is so important and this is something that where most of us fall short of most of us are guilty of this we allow different levels of treatment from different people in our lives if you allow one person to treat you like shit but everyone else has to treat you well you are as good as your weakest link so that one shitty asshole that you're letting treat you like that is determining how you are treating yourself because if you accept it even once and you accept it um, and you continue to accept that one shitty person in your life, you're telling yourself that is my standard. All these other people that are treating me well, that's just a bonus. But that person, if I'm allowing it, that is my standard. And because I'm allowing it, it means that I'm also going to allow toxic thoughts about myself. I'm going to allow negative, um, negative beliefs about myself negative narratives, limiting beliefs, all of that starts to creep in if you are letting someone treat you badly. So if you take a look at all the thoughts that you have about yourself, all these limiting beliefs, anything that you think, well, I wish I felt this about myself, I wish I felt that, before you do anything about your thoughts, start to do a bit of a inventory on the people in your life and who's treating you like shit. Because if there is anyone who's treating you like shit, that's where you need to make the cull first. When you cull that, when you cull all those people, then it's a lot easier to start to change how you feel about yourself. It's logical. Think about it. If I'm sitting at home with all these positive affirmations and I'm like, I'm going to think this, I'm going to think that, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And then I walk out and go on a date with my toxic partner and then they're like saying all these awful things to me and I'm not standing up for myself. What is that saying? What am I telling myself? Forget about what you're telling your partner. Fuck them. What are you telling yourself? You're telling yourself that that's acceptable because you're not walking away. If you're staying there, you're saying, I accept this treatment. So you have to teach people how to treat you. And if those people don't want to be taught, then they don't have a place in your life. And you've got to be very clear about that. If you don't want to be clear about that, then it's a lottery of who's going to treat you well and who's going to treat you poorly, who's going to manipulate you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
So keep that in mind. When you're looking at people in your life, you have to have a standard across the board. You don't dip your standard for one person. You don't dip your standard for two people. No, it's across the board. And I understand that there are people that you might work with, that there are people that you know are in your life that you absolutely cannot help. But you, if someone treats you poorly, you can still determine how much you are letting them enter your life. There's a difference between your sibling's partner who's really rude to you where you don't have to respond to them, you don't have to resist much to what they have to say because you're not actively choosing to have them in your life. There is a difference. I'm talking about people that you are actively choosing to have in your life. For people that you don't choose to have in your life that are toxic, go back and listen to my Dealing with Narcissist podcast because I cover it there and I'm not going to repeat myself. But I'm talking about people that you have chosen to be in your life, partners and friends, okay? That's mainly what I'm talking about and even acquaintances. Because you don't have to deal with these people in your life. I'm talking about you letting someone in to who you are, dropping that wall, letting them see a side of you and letting them manipulate you. For other people that you can't control, that's covered in another podcast. So let's talk about warning signs now. So let's say you're dating someone or it's a friend. One of the biggest warning signs to know, because sometimes it's hard to pick it. Sometimes you're like, but this person's so nice to me most of the time. Um, but then there's sometimes times where they're like, oh, they'll say something really catty or say something really mean or undermine me or, or you know. So, and if we're not feeling that great about ourselves or if our self-worth isn't great, then sometimes you might struggle to figure out who is that person and who's not. So let's talk about a few warning signs here on, you know, people that don't value you. So then you can start to, you know, you get a little ping every time someone treats you like that. Number one is if you feel that you have to walk on eggshells by being yourself, you need to run away from that situation. And what I mean by that is if you feel that, oh, I can't voice my opinion on this. We're having a debate, but I can't tell them what I really think. Or I can't, you know, I'm normally like a fun, wild person who's, you know, talks to everyone. But now that I'm dating this possessive person, I'll just talk to, you know, to my friends but I'm not going to go out there and talk to other guys because he might get all jealous Um, I'm not going to you know talk about my male friends as much because he's going to get jealous if you feel that you are walking on eggshells you are censoring certain aspects of your personality to appease this person then that's you not valuing yourself you are valuing that person's opinion and this perceived you're thinking I have to be someone else or I have to be less of myself or a toned down, censored version of myself for them to like me. That's you not, not valuing yourself. That's not self-worth. And then, of course, you're going to struggle to love yourself if you're saying, oh, I can't really be me right now. Why? Why not? Because that person doesn't like it? Fine. No one has to, you know, not everyone has to like you. It's not, I don't take it as an insult if someone doesn't like me. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Go have your opinion, but have your opinion away from me. And I'll just be myself, chilling here. You know, that's, that's how you got to look at it. But if you're censoring yourself, then you're not valuing yourself. The next one, number two, is if someone tries to blame you for something that happened to you. So they try and make it like, oh, it was your fault that that happened or it was your fault that this relationship broke down the way it did or it was your fault. And if you allow it in the sense of like, yeah, true, or if you don't stand up for yourself in that moment, being like, hold up, wait, it's not my fault, it was just a situation that occurred that I was involved in or it was something that someone actively did to me, 
if someone's trying to blame you for something that happened in your past, they're trying to make you feel shame. And if you fall for it, or if you don't defend yourself, a part of you is going to accept that as the truth. A part of you is going to say, yeah, maybe I should feel a little bit shame about it. And the problem with that is that the next time you're going to talk about that situation that might have happened to you, you then feel shameful and you don't want to talk about it. So they've won. They've manipulated you to now consider a situation as shame. Shame is one of the worst feelings we can feel. And if someone's able to to um, conjure up feelings of shame in you, you don't want them in your life. That's a terrible thing for someone to do to someone else. And if you kind of fall victim to that, then that's, that's you again valuing their opinion over yourself. That also goes for if someone tries to make you feel guilty or embarrassed for a decision that you made in the past. So one thing is something that you had no control over that they're trying to make you feel shameful of. I could go into a million examples, but whatever. And the other thing is trying to make you feel guilty or embarrassed for a decision that you made in the past. A really common one with this is when uh, if you're dating, normally, normally if you're dating a jealous person, they'll try and make you feel embarrassed for the last person you dated, you know, the most recent person you dated. That is so inappropriate and toxic, it's not even funny. If I was dating someone, who was laughing at my exes, that's a red flag. Because at the end of the day, and, and this is the perfect answer for them. So if someone says, if someone starts making comments about your ex or laughing about your ex or trying to make you feel embarrassed for having dated your ex, you need to, the first time ever, nip it in the bud and you need to say, I'm not going to let you talk about my ex like that. We're not together now for a reason, but I was with them for a reason. And I made that decision. So you're now insulting my decision and you're insulting my past. The person that I dated is now in the past. You don't need to worry about that, so let it go. But you're also not going to be insulting them and trying to make me feel embarrassed for dating that person. The conversation is done. That's it. But also, having said that, I hope that you pay attention to the fact that you can't be insulting their ex, obviously. there's it's it, Insulting people's exes can go down a very, very, very toxic spiral because if you think that it's okay for someone to be insulting your ex unless that person was I don't know unless you're the one bringing it up and they were like some cooked lemon or whatever but in general if you think it's okay for someone to be insulting your ex and being like how embarrassing that you did that how embarrassing that's actually not cool it's actually not okay and they are insulting you they're insulting your judgment and they're insulting your past so you need to make that clear. You need to say, listen, you might have done this with previous relationships and there's nothing I can do about that, but I'm drawing the line here and you're not going to speak about my exes like that. And if they turn around and say, oh, you're still into them, or you still, that's a manipulation tactic. Be aware. If they try and say, why, do you still like them? Do you this, do you that? Keep it civil. Don't argue with them. All you're going to say is it's, it's ended for a reason. So... That's finished. But at the same time, everything that's occurred in my life has had to occur for me to be the person I am today. So you are not going to insult my past. End of story. Don't engage with them trying to argue back and forth, back and forth. Petty people will argue about petty things. Don't fall into the trap. 
So if you're dating someone that then wants to turn it around and manipulate what you just said, if you just tried to defend your ex and they're trying to manipulate it into you still being in love with your ex, that's a petty argument. That's pathetic. It's ridiculous. Are they a child or are they an adult? Do you want to date a child or do you want to date an adult? If you can pull them up and they come to the table and then they're like, oh, you're right. Sorry. Didn't think about it that way. They're an adult. If they then get all petty and, you know, try and manipulate you, then you just got to think they're not going to fucking change. They're not going to change, so now it's my decision. Do I want to continue dating this person who's not going to change because the only way you can change is if you want to change yourself and if someone, when they get pulled up, gets really defensive, that's not promising. So now you've got to make that call. I'm now aware that this person is going to be like this in not just this situation but in all these other situations in the future. Is this okay? Am I okay with this? Am I telling myself that that's the limit of my self-worth? how this person is treating me right now, how this person is talking about my past right now. When people insult your past, they are insulting you. All right. Now, we're going to go into what you can do to start feeling more self-worth or what you can do to start to raise your standards so other people treat you in a certain way. You might be in a situation right now where you're thinking, Oh, but like I'm in too deep. I've got all these people that treat me like shit. If I was to cut them all out of my life, I would literally have nobody. So if you're feeling this way, the good thing about this, you might feel right now being like, I'm fucked, you know, I've like, it's never too late. Never too late. The beauty of it is when you start to level up, people become attracted to you, attracted to your energy and they want to be around you. As as the duds fall by the wayside, you start to draw in people of value into your life, who value you. And there might be some moments in your life where you are lonely. I can almost guarantee you that there are going to be moments in your life where you're lonely, but nothing builds character and resilience like loneliness does. And I'm not saying you should seek to be lonely, but I'm saying if you find yourself in a situation where you've had to cut all this dead weight and it's caused you to be lonely, then you're in the place where you're supposed to be because that's where growth happens and that's where you're going to start to attract real, good, kind people into your life. But sometimes you might need to have that moment where you've had to get rid of a, a particular group of friends or you've had to get rid of a partner because of the fact that they're not growing with you. They're not leveling up with you and as you start to respect yourself more, they're going to try and change that and cut you down. So you've got to make the call. Am I going to allow them to bring me back down and the change never happens for me? Or am I going to allow them to just drop off because they're not really, you know, they're not meeting me in the middle and they're not going to go on this journey with me. So that's a call that you need to make. So let's talk about how to do that. Firstly, understand that someone who is taking advantage of your weakness will continue to do it. You can try to start to, you know, let them know how you now want to be treated, but it's... it's doable. It's definitely doable. But their response might be, they, they might hit back with a lot of resistance. And when you're in a situation where the d- dynamic has been for such a long time where you've put them above you and you've always put their opinion above you, it's very easy when you try and grow and you know have some self-worth and self-confidence and say, I'm not going to stand for that, that they're going to belittle you like crazy and then you feel embarrassed and then you shrink back down being like oh that was embarrassing I'm never going to do that again oh fuck they shut me down I'm not going to do that again that's the problem so it's possible and there are times where you can start to level the fuck up and that person thinks wow if I don't clean up my act 
I'm going to lose this person. That's a possibility. But just be aware that you need to manage your expectations. And in most cases, if someone's got it in them to manipulate someone who's weaker than them, then there's a big chance that they're also too proud to see their flaws and to change for the better. So just manage your expectations and be aware that that behavior might continue to occur with that person. The next thing you need to do is you need to take people off the pedestal. Take people off the pedestal. Good people, bad people, everyone. Because this is a big problem. If you start putting people above you, then you're telling yourself that then they are better than you. So if any relationship is going to succeed, it's because you see them as an equal. You see eye to eye with that person. If in your eyes they are above you, let's say it's a good person, right? If that person, you've put them above you because you think they're so awesome and so amazing. It could be whether it's a celebrity, whether it's a mentor or whether it's a crush that you're so in love with and you put them above you then you're never going to truly act yourself around them because you're nervous. You think they're better than you. You feel that you have to behave a certain way for them to accept you because you want to present yourself in the best light possible that you end up editing who you are so they really like you. So what's what's now happened? You've cut off the potential for any real connection there. So take them off the fucking pedestal and see them as human and not this, you know, amazing, amazing, oh my God, they're so much better than me person. They can be amazing, but they're not better than you, okay? So number one, if they're bad in the sense of they intimidate you, they're a bully, they're mean to you, they manipulate you um, and you put them on that pedestal of like, I need to fear this person, then then that person is going to see that you're doing that. They're going to acknowledge that you've now put them on a pedestal and that gives them the green light to manipulate you, to put you down. When they see you start to grow, to cut you back down. When they see you start to succeed, to like, you know, pull you back. So regardless, whether the person is good or whether the person is bad, you need to take them off the pedestal. You need to find ways to see that person as your equal. You see eye to eye. We're all humans here. We all shit. We all piss. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all are the same. We're humans, okay? You might respect someone a lot, but it doesn't make them better than you as a person. It's okay to in in like to professionally put them on a pedestal being like, wow, that's an incredible achievement, whatever. But as a person, we are equals. You have to start learning how to look at everyone as an equal. Remind yourself that time and time again. Every time someone intimidates you, you've got to remind yourself, we are both just people. The achievements that that person have ma- has made, I can do. The fact that that person is a bully, I could also be an asshole and start bullying people. Do I want to? No. But I could also do that. So don't make them, you know, this superhuman force to be reckoned with because then you're never going to be able to truly be comfortable in your own skin when you are around that person. So that's like the death of any potential relationship occurs when you put someone on a pedestal. Now you're also going to have to, the next point, you need to always, you need to make a promise to yourself that you're going to start having your back. When you have your back, you don't have to do it in an obvious way. You can have your back internally in the set. And what I mean by that is let's say you're having a conversation with someone and they insult you and then you go and defend yourself. That's having your back. But also let's say you're not very social or confident or um, confident in a social setting and you're out one day and you're with people that are just awful to you. You know, they're really mean. They're not really friends. You don't really know why you're there. You feel extremely uncomfortable 
you getting up, walking the fuck out and getting in an Uber and going home and removing yourself from a toxic situation where you were feeling really shit about yourself because how you're being treated, that's having your back. You don't always have to verbally stand up for yourself because you might feel where you are right now. If you've never done that, you might feel that that's way too big a leap for you that you end up never, never doing anything. Removing yourself from mean people or a bad situation is having your back. You don't owe anyone shit. And if someone's not treating you well, turn around and leave. You don't have to stay there. You're not handcuffed to the table. You're not handcuffed to that person. They, you know, a lot of people genuinely feel that they have this control and this ability to manipulate you. And you can sever that in an instant if you just turn around and leave. What you are risking though, you're risking the future of this you know, relationship with that person or the future of um, hanging out with that person again. But do you even want that? You've got to be willing to have your back in these situations and willing to risk losing a toxic person in your life. But the, the more you keep these people in your life, the more you say to yourself, no, no, sit here while they treat you like shit. Sit here and just cop it what are you telling yourself and then and then you get home and wonder why you can't love yourself because you didn't stand up for yourself you didn't have your back you didn't say I'm gonna leave these motherfuckers I'd rather be alone you know there's much better things you can be doing than surrounding yourself with assholes infinite amount of things you can be doing alone that are better than hanging around with assholes but we fall into this trap where we feel we need these people And that's normal. Don't think it's not normal. It's fucking normal. If you've been in that position, you've not done anything wrong, but you've conditioned yourself to feel that you need these people. And now you just have to condition yourself to realize that you don't need these people. You just really need yourself to have your back. And the moment you have your back, people see that shit. And you know it. When you meet someone who's, you know, confident, comfortable in their own skin you see them that they don't have to be around people that aren't nice they don't have to put themselves in these situations they decide no, I'm not going to go out tonight no I don't want to hang around with that person yes I do want to be alone and no I don't have to explain myself those people have the most attractive energy because there's no need they don't need you know validation because they validate themselves they don't need people to make them feel worthy because no one's going to make them feel more worthy than themselves their self-worth is high And it's not in a cocky way. They just feel comfortable in their own skin. And there's nothing more valuable than that. Because it's almost, it sounds like it's counterintuitive, but the more you are comfortable within your own skin, the more you are comfortable being alone and having your back and standing up for yourself and removing yourself from these situations, even if it means the, the the dissolving of certain relationships in your life, The more you do that, and it looks like you're isolating yourself, it looks like you're pulling away, but it's the opposite. You make space for real connections, for real relationships, for some really amazing relationships to be born out of that. So don't think that by doing this, you're becoming a loner. It's actually the opposite. And it's pretty fucking amazing what can happen when you truly have your back because the right people are going to resonate with that and they're going to connect with you. So that's what I want you guys to be doing. I want you to be paying attention to how you feel and how you behave around certain people. If you are censoring yourself, then you are valuing that person's opinion over yourself, 
over your personality. If you are allowing someone to talk shitty about you, about your friends, about your past, then you're allowing that person's opinion to be placed above who you are or these aspects of your life. Start to really pay attention how you feel around these people. And if you feel that you can't say something or you feel that you have to bite your tongue or you feel that you have to pretend to be someone else, then it means that that's as far as your self-worth is going to go. Your self-worth is never going to get better until you action something in this situation. And that's what you're going to be focusing on every time you feel that, let's say, friend, um, colleague, acquaintance or partner. It doesn't matter who. But you've got to be selective with the people that you're allowing into your life. Um, yeah. You know, like holding your own, um, you know, standing in your truth, knowing what you stand for. Really pay attention to what you stand for. What are your morals? What do you stand for? And are you allowed to voice that when you're, you know, with these certain people? Are you allowed to be the most uncensored, crazy version of yourself when you're around these people? You know, I've dated people in my past that I've really censored myself with and to the extent that my friends have noticed. And that's really sad. And I got sad. One day my cousin, you know, told me, oh, like you just become such a timid person when you were dating him. And that made me so sad because, you know, I was always like this loud, crazy, fun, oh, ha, ha person. And then here I am being this way because when I would act crazy and fun, he'd be like, what are you doing? I should have turned around and said, not you, cunt, and left him. But I'd be like, oh, nothing. No, I'm not doing it. Oh, like, what the fuck? So because of that, you know, if I was to act a certain way and they're like, what are you doing? But you're being yourself. That's such a good way to cut someone down. And if you fall for it, then you're like, can't do that again. Can't do that again. Can't do that again. Even though that's what makes up who you are. So always pay attention to when you've stopped being yourself for someone else. Because that then is what's going to play into how much you can truly love yourself and truly feel comfortable within yourself. I hope all of that either made sense or resonated with you guys. Um, that is the podcast for today. So thank you so much for listening to the end. Um, yeah, any questions, jump on the Facebook group, Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez. And yeah, write it down there. Keep the conversation flowing there. It's been awesome. Guys, the ratings on the podcast have been incredible. Thank you so much for the amazing reviews and ratings that you've given me. I'm so grateful for it. I go on there and read them sometimes and they're just amazing. So I'm very, very grateful. You guys are beautiful beans. Um, and yeah, what else? Yeah, just keep sharing it on Instagram. I really appreciate it. Big love to everyone. I always just, just want you guys to know how much I adore this little community that we're building. I love it, love it, love it. So keep sharing it on Instagram. If you think that this um, resonated with you or for a friend of yours, please send it to them as well. So guys, as always, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to other people as well. And be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone. Guys, don't fucking take shit from anyone. Just don't. And don't take shit from yourself. And that is all. Um, yeah, have an amazing week. Danke.